your host, Eric Balance, and this is the Resilient Minds Podcast. Join me as I explore the capabilities of our minds and how our X Factor can become our Y Factor. Now is our time. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Resilient Minds Podcast. I'm super pumped and extremely privileged and excited to be sitting here with an amazing human being all the way from Carlsbad, California, Dr. Clarence Lee. Welcome, my my friend. How are you? I'm doing well. Glad to be on. I'm excited for our conversation today. Same, bro. I'm really pumped. It's going to be epic. So, for those of you that don't know who Dr. Clarence Lee is, well, let me tell you, this guy has a full sheet of tons of things that he's done, but I'll, I'll, I'll go through it in the cold notes version because it's just, it's so important and you got to acknowledge things like this. So Dr. Lee is a Christian encourager, nationally celebrated author, international speaker, and CEO of CM Lee Jr. Um, company a professional development enterprise that conducts live training experiences on high performance and mental conditioning for teams, organizations, and students. Former student athlete himself, Dr. Lee holds a degree in biology from University of Incarnate Word and degrees in medicine and business from Drexel University. But not only that, he's also a decorated war veteran. You know, Dr. Lee served in the United States Air Force for 10 years with several assignments, his last being a flight surgeon flying the T-38 and the U-2 airframes in one of the most elite squadrons in the United States Air Force. Now, Clarence, Dr. Lee, you know, you're, you're an author of this inspirational memoir, Well, My Mom Says, as well as your latest book, Persist. Um, and you're also a columnist for several publications um, where your work's been featured in Live Happy Magazine, Black Fitness Today, Essence Magazine, to name a few, and you regularly appear on health, you know, on air for TV health experts, and you've been featured on ABC, CBS, and Fox Television. I mean, how do you have all this amazing time to be doing all these <laughs> fascinating things, bro? You know, recently named Top 40 Under 40 by Sacramento Business Journal, and Drexel University, you've been highlighted as a top healthcare um, entrepreneur known by Becker's Hospital Review and one of the top black entrepreneurs to, to be following right now by Yahoo Finance and have been a recent recipient by the Black Enterprise Modern Man Award. Bro, like so many uh, uh, like accolades. But not only that, not only that, if that's not enough, this man is a devoted husband and an epic father. He loves spending time with his beautiful wife and his five children. Welcome to the show, my brother. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing well. Yeah, the, it, it gets a little uh, gets a little weird when reading the bio, but hey, um, you know, that's just the bio. We're going to talk about we're, we're going to talk about everything behind that uh, today. But you know, you know, the bio is is really at the end of the day, man. It's it's an acknowledgement of the beauty that you've put into the world. So, you know, there's nothing, you, you can't take away from something like that, man. And, and, you know, persistence, resilience, this is the name of the game, man. Let's, let's, let's continue to shed and spread that light, bro. Let's continue to give back to the world. You know, you've been doing it, you know, you, for, you know, like spending 10 years, you know, in the United, in, in the, in, as a war veteran already, you know, and, and then still doing so much more already as you continue to evolve. Um, it's important. And, you know, the one biggest thing that I always share um, with the Resilient Minds community is sharing, you know, how our experiences really contribute to our big why, our big why factor. So, so really, let's, let's nail it down. I know I've shared so much about already what you've, you've been doing, but let's, let's talk about, you know, your X factor. Let's talk about, you know, your experience of life and all of these, you know, accolades, they weren't always there. So what, let, let's talk, let's break it down, man. Let, let's, let's let, let's let, the, let's let, you know, the listeners that, you know, know you or don't know you really know a little bit more about you and how these experiences have contributed to your big Y factor, you know, your big purpose, your big vision. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think um, to understand what drives me, um, it really begins with my upbringing. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about their childhood, things that they went through. And for me, um, a lot of things that happened really early in my life shaped shaped me. It shaped me in a really powerful way. Um, and, and so I didn't really come from a lot. I didn't, I didn't come from much at all. And, um, you know, my, my parents divorced when I was five years old. My dad left a picture when I was five and it's pretty much just my mom and my sister. And we didn't have anything. I mean, there were times when, you know, we were, uh, you know, couldn't pay the water bill. So we didn't have running water. There was times when we didn't have lights. Um, there was, there was some food insecurity there at times. And, um, there was a, there was a mindset of scarcity that was, I was surrounded by everywhere that I looked, it was not enough. You didn't have anything. You weren't enough. Um, that is how I grew up. So that's the, the, the basics of the, the, the mindset I came into the world with having and everything inside of me told me I felt like I could do more. I felt like I, I was worth more. I felt like um, I, I was I was getting cheated about what about what the world was because I, I didn't I felt like I didn't have what I could have right and and so that is really the foundation of my drive. That is the foundation of why I do so much. That's the foundation of why I'm in encouragement. That's the foundation of why I write books. It started with the chip on my shoulder that I have something to prove. I have something to prove I'm good enough. I can do this. I can do this. And, and so it was degrees upon degrees and oh, I'm, I'm smart enough. I can do this and accolades upon accolades and service of service. Wow. It was just boom, boom, boom. And do as much as I can, much as I can, much as I can. I'm worth it. I'm worth it. I'm worth it. Um, and it's funny because <clears throat> you spend your whole life doing that. And the whole time you're worth it, the whole time you were worth it from the beginning. And so that's what I share now when I go out and I speak in my books and, and in my posts and everything that I do, it's more of um, encouraging people and letting them know they have everything inside them already. It's just more of a manifestation of what's inside of you. Um, and so, yeah, man, that's where you, you, you see the bio and you see the things and that's really where it came from was, uh, was how I, was how I grew up. <clears throat> you, you, you really touched on something profound and it, it really resonates with me because, you know, um, I think so many people, sometimes they see this, what society's expectations are of the world, of what we need to do to, to create this type of um, success. But really, you know, it, it's, it's all about, you know, creating the science of achievement. That's all they talk about. You know, Tony talks about this all the time, Tony Robbins, and he says, you know, what's the science of achievement and how we can continue, continue to push ourselves or our, you know, decisions to create a condition that we really really want to accomplish but really what missing and what it sounds like you know that you've recognized and you've realized is that art of fulfillment you know fulfilling the deepest desires within ourselves based not on our conditions but rather on the decisions that are within us and how would you say that you really evolved because there was an evolution, I'm sure. Yes. From that science of achievement, because I know that I've been in that like mentality of like university or business or work or relationship or all this fucking like, um, you know, material thought process of what society expects upon us. What was the transition? And, and was there one that allowed you, or maybe there was a defining moment or maybe multiple of them, or maybe like, you know, and I, I really want you to elaborate on this and think deep because I think that there's always something or a mere like a few moments of them that really help us realize, holy shit, I'm so unfulfilled right now. Something has got to change. Yeah, so that happened for me my um, my intern year in surgery training. So after medical school, you pick a residency, you decide which specialty you want to go in. I'm in medical school, and even as a doctor, there's a hierarchy depending on your specialty. And so I'm, I'm in this, I'm going to prove to the world I can do this. I want to be the man type of mentality. And so in the medical world, the surgeon is that guy. So if you're the surgeon, when the surgeon comes in, it's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, surgeon's here. Like, oh, my God, everybody get ready. And so I wanted to be the guy. 
right? <clears throat> and so I get, I, I start my, I start my surgical training. I'm an intern and um, it's, it's an unbelievable lifestyle. Like the, the amount of hours you have to put in, the time you're in the hospital, the lack of sleep, just the demands on you. I was in the military at the time. And so if you, if you understand, like in the military, there's already like a, um, there's a rank structure. So there's a, there's an order of, of who, who's in charge, who, who has to do what. And so in the, in the military, you know, when your superiors ask you to do something in the U S this is the law. Like if you're active duty, like you have to do what they tell you to do. It's not like, Oh yeah, I don't, I don't really agree with that. You know? So yeah, I was yeah. in a, I was in a military surgery program. So you already had the military hierarchy. Then on top of that, the surgical training is one where, um, the, the guru surgeon, which trains you, um, th th it's like, not only do I outrank you, I'm also smarter than you. So now you know, <laughs> yeah. do what I say, because you, you don't, you know, you're under me in the rank. You're also going to do what I say, because, uh, you're not as smart as me right now. And so it was just very demanding. Uh, and, and, and I wake up one night, yeah, it's three o'clock in the morning. Um, I'm on call in the burn unit and I realized that my attending, which is the, he's the top guy, the guru guy is upstairs sleeping in his office too. And it's, it's, it's just eight floors up. And I'm like, I have just fast forwarded my life 20 years. I'm still going to be here. I'm going to be at the end and I'm still going to be here sleeping in the hospital, not seeing my family and not getting to spend time with my kids. Um, and I really just, I was really, I really started to question the path that I had taken. Like, what was I doing all this for? I quote unquote, I'm doing it for my family. I'm doing it for, for success, but look at all the things that I'm sacrificing in order to, to gain this. And so in that moment, you know, it was, it was a radical, but I, you know, I changed, I changed paths. You know, I went to my commander. I said, Hey, sir, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to complete this residency. I, I, you know, this, this isn't for me. I want to do something else. Um, and so that's how I got into aerospace medicine. Um, and then I started to realize what was going to fulfill me. Like at that point, it was too much. I was sacrificing too much. What was going to be my fulfillment? And I said, well, if my, what's going to be my service to the world? My service to the world was encouraging people. So I was like, okay, what do I really want to do? I really want to encourage people. What's really going to make me feel fulfilled? So I started doing mentoring, bro. And I, I went to one of the high schools. I started a mentoring program. And word got around, I started getting asked to speak, then I started writing books, and then everything started to roll. But it was really, it really started with a wake up of what do I, what am I sacrificing? Why am I doing it? And then, okay, this is too much. What's going to fulfill me? Fulfill me is going to be serving people that came from places where I came from. When I started mentoring, bro, things started rolling. And, and, and now I'm doing what I do. <laughs> bro, you know, I love, I love, love um, the recognition of seeing your superior eight years ahead of you and doing the same. How does that make you feel? It, like, when you're like, going like, like something. really seeing, you know, you're seeing something, you're seeing something and that you're, you're really regarding as super high level, amazing, this is the lifestyle you want. And then you're noticing that this person eight years ahead of you is literally living the same life that you're saying that you want to live. Like really, I just want to really get back into that feeling. How did that really make you truly feel? It was a little bit of, of, of disappointment, but then also, um, uh, I'll say excitement, but also just a newfound energy because I was disappointed that, you know, this is what it was going to be like. And maybe I didn't quite really understand that when I was going after it. And then I really had to ask myself, this is what was glorious about it. So I really had to ask myself, why did I want to be that guy in the first place? Why did I want to be that guy? And I wanted to be that guy because I wanted to be the man. I wanted to be the top dog. Like, that's what I wanted. And so when I, when I started real, okay, wait, maybe that's not the best rationale for why you want to pick a career. Maybe that's not the best rationale for why you want to choose a path for your life. How about you go to something deeper that's going to serve you and fulfill you 
and choose that path and, and say, okay, once you get there, you know at least you're doing the thing that you love, you're serving the people that you love, and you can go home and go to sleep at night and say, okay, I, 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 did a, I, I made a difference today, opposed to just going after the accolades, the prestige, the salary, right? So it was, it was a disappointing because a part of me left me that when I had that realization, but also it was exciting because uh, it, it gave me the opportunity to open my eyes and see what was going to fulfill me in life. It's fascinating how sometimes it's, it takes that pain, a little bit of pain, that reflection to equal progress. Absolutely. So Absolutely. what is it, what is it do you think that maybe somebody that's starting or, you know, maybe especially during these tumultuous times, um, you know, is, is hoping for something based off of, you know, the condition they want to create in their life um, that's not really truly fulfilling them. What would you, what kind of advice would you give them? Um, so I would start, and one I want to say for the books and for the record, like hard work is absolutely involved. So there's no way you're going to get around the sacrifice and busting your butt. That, that's a, a bait, that's ha happening. It's just, it's just a matter of uh, what are you chasing, right? And so I would say start with, um, and, I, and I teach a course, on, I have a course on this, it's called the Purpose Focus Formula course, but I start with, start with your purpose. And so I say, connect your passions. What are you passionate about? Um, and so I was very passionate about encouraging people. And the reason why I was passionate about that, and it, which is the second thing I talk about, is my pain. I had a lot of pain in the area of discouragement, and I talk about how I grew up, I was discouraged all the time. You can't do this. You're not, you're not good enough. So I was passionate about encouraging people. I had pain with discouragement in my potential. So I say, attach it to your potential. This is how you find your purpose. What are you passionate about? Where do you have pain? And your pain really drives you a lot. You have a lot of fuel when you've had some pain in an area. You got a lot of emotion. You got a lot of energy in that area. So I have a lot of energy when it comes to encouraging people because I've seen people discourage other people and I can't, I, it's like, I can't even stay. It's like, ah, you can do it. You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. I knew what that pain was for me. So I would just encourage people, look at where you have your passions. What are you, what lights you up? Where do you have pain? Where, where have you been through some struggle in? Because you can help a lot of people when you've been through a lot of pain. You can help a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, and then the last thing I would say is, um, you know, where do you have potential? What are your gifts? Use those things. If you are living your life and you aren't using your gifts, you aren't using your pain, and you aren't using your passion every day, you're off track. But if you're using your gifts, you are using that pain as energy, and you are serving your passions every day, that's, that's a life where you're going to be fulfilled. Uh, so I would say those are, those are the, just the chunks. Uh, you know, but, but I, that's what I would say. That'd be my advice. I love it. I, uh, you know, I, I know I, I kind of briefly said this before we hit the record button, but, um, you know, I'm currently going through a breakup. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty painful, but the curiosity of how to become a better, you know, future, um, partner or, you mm. know, you know, boyfriend or husband or whatever down the road has really the, 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 the factual component of really understanding how to have a more profound and prolific and exciting relationship has, I've been reading like a crazy man about like understanding this pain mm -hmm. and a newfound energy was like created. And uh, I found that it's not in my feeling, but in my faith that it really allows me to connect to, um, to, where I'm headed. So yeah. I know that you're, you know, I know that you're a tremendous man of like, you know, same with me, like, you know, we have faith uh, yeah. in our creator, God, um, you know, universe, whatever. And how has that contributed to your mission and, and to your vision? Mm. Oh, man, that's such a good question. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, when I have conversations with people, I can encourage them. But when they ask me where, where my um, belief or my faith comes from, I have to share with them that I'm Christian. And, and it comes with 
and that's that's the buried like that's the the biggest foundational piece right i can share all these high level things about serving your purpose and being a you know being a positive light in the world and sharing love but then at the end of the day it has to come down to well why even do that and for me uh it's based in my faith and my, my christianity and so I, I so my first so my first marriage failed okay and so i went through a divorce and um and uh, I, we, 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 I, I was married to, I just want to share that I was married to, I love it. See, I didn't know this about you. Okay. I told yeah, you so, this, the, this the thing about not really knowing, but like seeing how the resonance is built, um, right on, like having, I love having these conversations. Yeah. Just, I'm yeah. so, yeah. Sorry. Go my ahead. First, my, yeah. My first marriage failed and, um, I'll I share really quickly. I, I told you I didn't have my dad growing up. And so I always wanted to have that family. You know, people would be, I, I was, I was an athlete in, in, a, in college and high school. So many people would be at the game. So many people want to talk to me. And all I wanted, all I wanted to see was my dad there. It was like no one else was there because my dad wasn't there. So having that separated family was really painful for me. And I always wanted to have that in my life. And so when my, when my marriage failed and I had my, my daughter, my daughter, uh, we were separated. My daughter went with my ex-wife. Now I was the I was I was living my worst nightmare. I was I was the very person that I said I would never be. And this is it, it. This is the pain piece. Is what I'm talking about. I'm the very person I said I would never be. So how in the world am I supposed to wake up? This is what I was going through at the time. And I'm gonna get to the face. This is what I was going through. How am I gonna wake up and say that it's okay? How am I ever gonna say it's okay? I'm divorced, I'm away from my kid, I don't see my kid, I'm the very thing I said I was never gonna be. How am I ever gonna say it's okay? I began to say it was okay when I looked at the Bible and I started to read about what God said about who I was. And then I had to get back to who my creator said I was, how did he create me, what was the really the truth about me? Because if, again, I was very externally focused. Ten, this is 10, oh my gosh, this is 15 years ago. Very externally focused. I need the success. I need the job. I need the family. I need very externally focused. Now, if I was looking at the externals, I was the deadbeat dad. If somebody was going to judge me off of my external, I was the deadbeat dad. As soon as they saw me, they said, oh, divorcee, you're away from your kid. External, right? So then I had to go internal and say, who really was I? And, you know, I was clinically depressed. Man, I was depressed for six months. I couldn't get up. I couldn't go out. Um, and all I could do was read the Bible for two to three hours a day and, and get that who I was back. And then once I realized who I was, why I was created, uh, the image I was created in, I said, you know what? It's okay. Because I still have value. I still have a dream. I still have a vision. I, I still can have faith that God's going to bring to me what he showed me. And, you know, five years later, I meet my wife. We've been married eight years now. Uh, I've got four other kids. I've got five kids total. I have a beautiful relationship with my, with my daughter who lives in Texas. I'm in California. We talk almost every day. Um, so having that faith was really rooted in, 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 in my faith, you know, and, and believing that. And then, when I could believe it, it was like I could go out and I could walk that. So by the time, so you talk about the dedication I have for my family, how the presence that I have with my kids right now, that all comes from pain. I do not look at being able to see my kid when they wake up every morning. I don't take it for granted because I have pain. I have a kid that that didn't happen for. I don't take having my wife there for granted. I don't take her for granted. I had a marriage that failed. I'm not playing games. Like I'm serious. Like, you know, and so um, there is just, you know, connecting pain to your, to your passions and your purpose, it's, it's there. And so for me, the type of father I am, the type of husband I am, uh, the dedication I have to providing and, and being my role as a husband and father, uh, it's very, very real and tangible to me because of the pain um, that, that I had with my first marriage. Bro, um, you know, Rumi said, um, where our wounds have been opened up, our greatest, our greatest lights now shine. Mm. And I really want to shoot. It's, it's powerful. It's so profound. And the other day I was, uh, listening to a book. Um, you know, I forget the name of it. 
Um, it, anyways, the point of it was, you know, if if we if life minus love equals zero, mm. and that love needs to start with ourselves, and then we can pass that on to yeah. our relationship. So, I think that now as we continue to evolve um, as human beings, um, that faith to our creator and that love in the creator, that relationship with our creator um, needs to be a, a one of just massive trust and, and mm. surrender. And uh, I think that the more that, that we share about these as like thought leaders, as like conscious leaders, as wanting to um, really create more around in our fruition, I think it, it, it really encourages a lot of the people, you know, whether it doesn't matter where they're at, um, just to know that if our belief systems um, establish a really profound character within us, you know, it, we're, we, we become, we, our limitations become limitless. Like we, we don't have any limits. Um, and I really found that, you know, we can continue to do that through, you know, connecting like this through bringing out one another's uh, brilliance. And I think having you share that was really empowering because, you know, there's men and women out there that, you know, think that, um, you know, because they had a failed marriage or a failed business or a failed opportunity, that they can't do it anymore. That they don't have, that that wound is not, not being able to now create something better. But I really truly believe that that only makes us stronger and look you're you're really a walking you know manifestation of that so i just want to acknowledge that and really um you know share my gratitude for, for sharing that with us Clarence. it means a lot to me absolutely and i i think um you know our our biggest area like our biggest potential impact somebody is, is sharing our failures i really believe this in my heart of hearts I can impress people all I want with the things and my accolades and my whatever I've done, I can try to impress people. But if I really want to impact somebody, I have to share my story. I have to share a failure that I've been through. I have to share the real, right? I can't just share all the wins. It's not just highlights, okay? And so for me, um, everything, and when I mean, when I say everything, every single thing that I have been successful at, I have failed at before. And so um, one of the things we didn't get to talk about, which is why, you know, my book persists and why I'm so about persistence is, you know, when I had this vision of becoming a doctor, um, I was eight years old. The first time I told somebody I want to be a doctor, you know, my uncle laughed at me. He was like, oh, my gosh, you're not going to be a doctor. Are you kidding me? Look at where you live. Like, no, you're not going to do that. Um, and it ended up taking me five years to get into medical school. I had to apply over 500 times. But uh, what I learned during that time was that your, your, you know, you talk about faith and you talk about your belief, persistence, and it, it's rooted in faith and belief. If you do not give up the belief that it's, that it's possible for you, and all you yeah. do is continue, continue, continue to improve. Obviously, you learn. Every year I looked at the rejection letters. I was like, okay, how can I improve? My time's coming. My time's coming. My time's coming. I just kept going, kept going. Miraculously, and I say it in quotes, miraculously, because, hey, it's going to happen if you keep going. Miraculously, I get in after five years, um, and I'm a practicing physician now. But, you know, it was really rooted in persistence. And so, you know, when I go out and I speak and I go out and talk, if I can get an individual to remove a limitation in their mind, just what you're talking about, it could be a belief or, hey, I've passed my time. I'm scared. I don't know what I'm doing. Whatever that limitation is, if I can get you to move that over to the side, elevate your belief, then I can get you to persist. I can get you to continue to go. And in that continuing, right, you begin, you begin to manifest what you want. And so I'll say it in medicine. Hey, I continued in, in, in my, my family, same, same exact thing, business, same exact thing, failed in the beginning. So I feel like the failure, your ability to get through failure is, is, is really root, is, is really where your success is. So I, if I can give people tools, mindsets, either strategies, if I can work with you, 
to get you to persist, then I can get you, you can get what you want out of life. It's just a matter of taking those, you know, blows and getting back up, elevating your belief and continue to take action. I love it, man. Persistence and resilience. They're so mm. fine tuned and so well aligned. I love it, bro. And that I think is, is really a nice to turn into in, in regards to describing your process behind how you really um, help your clients um, in your how to serve them in regards to persisting in, in their, what they want to, you know, describe that process behind it. What, what is it that, you know, through anybody that maybe is going through something where they have a limitation or they're having a, a, you know, a struggle that they're not seeing as an opportunity because life's happening to me, not for me. Right. Because they're not seeing it like that yet. Yes. Yes. So, so how can we right now maybe give them a couple tools, maybe a couple strategies, um, behind the process of how they can persist or create resilience? It, it begins um, in the first chapter, and I had, a little, I had a little my book a little bit. Boom. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But it begins, it begins with, um, with facing fears head on. I feel like fear is um, a, a, the massive elephant in the room that a lot of people will just allow to just sit in their brain. So when I start working with people, I really start to identify what are the roadblocks that we call roadblocks. You tell me a roadblock, oh, I, you know, I, I'm too old or whatever, right? <clears throat> and then I back that back and it, most of them, almost 100% of the time is rooted in some sort of fear. And so I begin working with people by, by having them go right after their fears right after their fear. So if it's a, oh, this person is going to reject me, then it's like, I, we begin with the fear curriculum because I have to, I have to get someone to be willing to take actions that they're afraid to take. Because if where you are, you've gotten to where you are with your current fear, fear mindset. If I can get you to now take actions toward a fear, I can liberate you. And so, you know, I start with the fear work. So it's like, oh, uh, fear of public speaking, just, just a random thing. Oh, I'm, I need this promotion, but I, I you know, I can't, uh, I can't present when I, when I speak in front of people. Okay, we're about to get rid of that right now. So here's the fear curriculum of how you're going to, you know, how can you address that fear head on? Okay, how can we can get you in front of people? We're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And so it begins, it, begin, it really begins with fear work. Um, and, and setting a, a fear curriculum in place where I help people address them. But if you, you know, and, and it's all about taking action, honestly. If I can get you to begin to take new actions, that's what it's all about. If I can get, get you to start taking new actions, I can bring new results into a person's life. But the, the beginning of the process, there's more to it, but the beginning of it uh, is, is based in, in fear work and, and in, that, in that process. I encourage you, we work on a curriculum and we say, this is what we're going to crush. This is the fear we're going to crush. And this is how we're going to do it. You know, and it, it reminds me of that saying where, you know, the only place that fear exists is in our minds, right? It's, it's, mm -hmm. an, it's, it's, it's an imagined concept, you know, because we can actually decide and commit that that doesn't exist and it won't. Do you agree? I agree 100%. You know, it, 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 and, it, and the limitations that it, because what fear does, and which is why I like to start with fear, what fear does is keep you in inaction. It keeps you standing still. You can't move. When you're afraid, you can't move. You can't make a step. I don't, should I do this? Should I not do this? Oh, my gosh, this might happen. This might happen. You know, and it, uh, it really keeps you. It fears power. It's keeping you from moving, keeping you from taking a step, keeping you from taking a risk, what, whatever it is. You know, fear keeps you in inaction. So I got to get you to move. We, we got to start taking action. That's how you begin to overcome that fear piece uh, in your life. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you, you take actions even when you're afraid. I mean, that's really courage. And to, to change your life or to get to the next level or, you know, start your business or to, to achieve your, your I, I believe that the success that, that, that's intended for each person's life is on the other side of fear. So you have fear and you're right here. Your intention for your life 
is to is on this side of fear. So how can you get on the other side of fear? Because everybody's going to be afraid. You're going to have to do something that makes you feel uncomfortable. You're going to have to take a risk. It's not going to be guaranteed. That that is uh, the path of life. And you know it's, you, you have to have faith and believe in those times. But at the end of the day, we we got to get the fear out of the way. Absolutely. I feel, um, you know, it, I just want to touch on, I think too, it's like a state of suffering. It's a, it's a, it's a condition that we put on ourselves. We put ourselves into this state of suffering where if we decide that we're present to a moment or present to the circumstance and really taking that in, um, how can we really live in that beautiful state? You know, that, that, that Krishna D always talks about and, and, you know, from oneness, right. They always talk about this like element of like, you know, either you're in a state of suffering or you're in a state of, you know, or you're in a beautiful state, right? Which one do you decide, right? If you're in presence in the, in the moment, living from moment to moment rather than milestone to milestone, you get to live in a state, in a beautiful state, right? So I love that because I think that, you know, fear really is, is, the, is the state of suffering ultimately. And we continue to put that in our imaginative Point. Clarence, I want to really want to get a good understanding of where you get some of your most profound and amazing ideas because I think you, you know you're a man of you're a man of great many uh, you know successes, but like where, you know you got great ideas, you're creative. Where do you get some? Of, where do you, where where do you get some of these great great ideas that come up? Um, well, that's a big uh, you know I don't know, <laughs> but but I would um that's a that's a big that's a big question, but I I would say. Um, if I were to try to answer that, it would begin with identifying where I can serve and when there's an opportunity for me to serve. Um, and so a lot of people talk about servant leadership, but I, I, I've, I believe that, uh, I think maybe Jim Rohn, I can't remember who said this. Maybe it was, I don't know. I can't remember. I wish I want to give credit to the person that I learned this quote, but I can't remember. It was either Jim Rohn or uh, I don't know. Um, but I feel like if you help enough people get what they want, you can get what you want, right? And so we, with our lives, are intended to serve. Use our gifts, serve the world. In serving the world with your gift, you manifest your destiny, your, your dream, your dream life or whatever, but it's all rooted in service. So every opportunity that I've had, every role I've been in, the ideas have come from how can I serve in this area to the highest ability? How can I use my gifts to serve? And so when I'm focusing on service, then I'm focusing on the needs of others. Then I'm focusing on what matters to them. Then I'm focusing on how I can help the team. Then I'm focusing on everyone else, and I use my gifts to serve that. And so the ideas have come from that, that foundation of service. And so it's kind of counterintuitive culturally because many times, you know, I'll serve myself. What's in it for me? You're screwing me over. You know, that's not good for me. Like that is the normal way of approaching life that is the norm um but i have found if you flip that on its head you look for service you can really stand out you can add a, a ridiculous amount of value uh you can be very intentional with your energy like because if i'm coming to something and my intention if i'm understanding i'm responsible for my energy this is just one simple example I understand that I'm responsible for my energy. I'm affecting other people with my energy. If I'm outwardly focused, then I can intentionally bring positive energy because I want to intentionally affect people in a positive way. So if I'm responsible for that, then that influences even my energy that I bring to a place, even the enthusiasm that I bring when I enter a room. All of this comes from a service mindset. Because if just with keep to stay with the energy idea, if everyone else is there to serve me, then you need to do whatever I need you to do so I can get my energy up. So make me feel good. Do this. Do this to me. Tell me this. Do this. Right? It's very. It's it's the exact opposite. If it's all about you, but when you say it's about other people, now I'm coming into a meeting 
I need to make sure I lift my team. I need to make sure I lift the room. Now I'm coming with another, a, a whole different set of, of, of words, a whole different set of energy, a whole different set of motion because I'm outwardly focused. And so ideas for me, um, I would say that that's where the start of it is, is, is having a service mindset. I love it. I think, you know, and it really does come back down to that being in that beautiful state, like we just, you know, kind of described and, you know, it starts with us and then it goes outward. Now, this is cool because you talked about earlier, you know, coming from that scarcity mindset. And right now it sounds like this, you have this value now of abundance of tremendous abundance. How does this abundance, would you agree? Like your va- one of your values would be abundance. It seems like it absolutely based off of the, essence of what you're discussing right so so Absolutely. so how does this show up in your work now this 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 value of abundance so abundance is is really in 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 my mind um the abundance is that so we can use it in money um the abundance of finances is is really an understanding that there's enough for everyone there is not a limited pot so if i go into uh, a, a, a business transaction, if I go into a, a deal, I am looking at it as there's enough for everyone. And so, yes, obviously you have to have your needs met. The other person has to have their needs met. But at the end of the day, there's no taking from me if I give you a win. For me, the abundance says serve, give, be the one willing to extend the olive branch because that's going to come back to you in the future. So it's in, in, in the abundance, you know that there's abundance of love, there's abundance of opportunity, there's abundance of money. So it does not take from me to give, right? And so, and that's in every situation in my, in my relationship. It does not take from me to serve or give to my wife. It doesn't take, it's not a taking from me. That serving actually feels back to you later, right? It feels back to you later. Same thing in business, same thing, relationships, same thing in, in education. I'll give you an example from education. This is applicable on, on every level. You say you're struggling in a class. Say, I got a student. I'm struggling in a class. I can't get this class down. Oh, I can't, I can't understand this concept. You do understand some concepts. How about you go and teach the concept that you do know? How about you go and teach that to somebody? You go and give that to somebody, right? In that giving, in that serving, right? You open up room for you to receive more if you believe that there's abundance. So, you know, in medical school, we would, there was this thing called uh, gunners, gunners in medical school. They were the scarcity mindset medical students that were like, if this person does well, then I'm not going to be ranked as high. And so they're going to get the, the, the residency spot and I'm not. So let me hoard all my information because I don't want them to do well. Because if they do well, they might take my spot. That's, it's applicable across the way. Abundance, on the other hand, says, no, let me, let me, let me share my knowledge. Let me share what I learned. Let me elevate us all up. There's no scarcity. He can get what, what he wants and I can get what I want to, or she can get what she wants and I can get what I want to. So, you know, that abundance is really applicable to so many avenues in life. Uh, but it, it's, it's really not, you know, instead of holding on to what you have, having a loose hand and being free to give what you have. And, and I believe in my heart of hearts, bro. And I can tell you, God knows I'm telling the truth. It comes back to you. It will come back to you. It might be years, but it will come back. One tide raises all boats, my friend. I totally agree with that. And, come it, on, and, 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 and it really like, it really helps all, all of us together, like evolve to the next level. Um, you know, so it's, it's beautiful. I really love that. Well, now when, obviously, you know, we, you have strong opinions, strong views. What do you do when you meet people or individuals that have opposite points of view from you? Ooh. How do you respond to that? Oh. oh my gosh. It's so funny. I was talking to my wife about, um, I was talking to my wife about this last night, and it's so funny you asked this question. We were talking about this very same thing at the dinner table last night about strong personalities, about presenting your ideas in a very aggressive kind of my way or the highway way, opposed to um, leading with 
leading with humility and leading with an intention of honoring the other person. Um, and so I was, I was telling her, this is so good. This is so good question. I was telling her, I've met people um, in, in various industries and they're huge proponents of big attitudes, uh, big bravado, big booming, like my way of the highway. They're huge proponents of that and, and they teach it. They, and they teach it as a strategy for success. You know, it's like, oh, overpowering and things. And then there's another side of that um, which I subscribe to, and this is where the struggle was, because I was telling them, I was like, I wonder if I could have a bigger attitude if it would help me more. You know what I mean? I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm so humble and maybe I should be, you know, so I was telling her all this stuff. I subscribe to the kind of, kind of the, uh, the humble approach to things. So I say, I focus more on, um, honoring the success of other people. I want, I want the person to understand that I value them first. I want them to understand that. So if they disagree with me, no matter what energy they're coming at with me, I want them to understand that I value them. So we may not share uh, an, an, an idea. We might not share a strategy or whatever. We might disagree here, but at the end of the day, you know, I value you. And so for me, it has allowed me this approach has allowed me to, to, to uh, make strategic partnerships with people that have very different views with me on things. But yeah, if yeah. I know, if they know that I honor them, then I can highlight our similarities. I can highlight what we have in common. And 99.99% of the times you have way more in common than uh, the one thing that you might be disagreeing on. And so for me, um, I, I focus more on uh, making sure the other person knows that I understand them. And so if that means that I speak less so that I can listen and have a better understanding and not so that I listen to find gaps so I can respond, but more of like I'm listening so that I can understand where they're coming from and display that, that I understand where you're coming from. I may not necessarily agree, but I understand. And so, um, you know, that's how I, that's how I usually handle that. And I can come out of situations where I don't make enemies and disagreements. Um, I, I can, I can, I can form bonds in other areas, um, you know, versus, you know, making, making enemies in, in the one area. Dude, I love it. I think the coolest thing about being a conscious leader and the most powerful and profound way to be a conscious leader, um, visionary thought leader, you know, entrepreneur, you know, whatever you want to call it, is is really being having the integrity to still be in rapport even if you can get disagree. I think that there's so much to be said there to still have rapport even if you have a sense of disagreement. I think that there's an element of acceptance first of all of oneself but also of of um, the opposite point of view and that's just being right. That's beingness. I think it becomes really beautiful. Clarence, bro, this has been absolutely epic, man. And I just want to share, you know, I, I would love for you to share, you know, if anybody is on here wants to know more about, you know, Persist, about, you know, Dr. Clarence Lee, about what you do, how you serve, how can they get a hold of you? How can they get in contact with you? How can they get a copy of your book? Any of this, please let me know. And then, of course, anybody that's driving right now or, you know, listening to the replay or, you know, we're going to have all of the links in the show notes. So please, if you don't mind sharing. Yeah, so my main, my main website is just my name, ClarenceLeeJr.com. Um, ClarenceLeeJr.com, and you can find uh, everything there. You can, you can get the books. You can look at all my courses. Um, every, I would just send people to ClarenceLeeJr.com. Um, I do have a, a free goal-setting course, which, uh, which I give away for free that I offer to folks. Um, and that's just simply clarenceleadjr.com forward slash GS for goal setting. Um, and uh, they can get into my world. I can serve them, uh, help them with goals, and, and then they can learn more about all the things that I do. <clears throat> Beautiful, my friend. Thank you so much. And again, for anybody that's listening, I'll have all of the links in the show notes. And also, I'll put all of your links, like to get in contact with you on, on Facebook, Instagram. Is that would you yes. like me to do that as well? Yes, um, yes, absolutely. Instagram, um, you, 
YouTube, Twitter, everything is at Dr. Clarence Lee Jr. Jr. with a JR and Dr. with DR. So uh, just Dr. Clarence yeah. Lee Jr. on all the social medias. I'll be on there in the morning. Come on, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Source of inspiration. We all need it, man. Blessing, bro. So listen, before we go, I have one last question. I love to ask every single one of my guests, you know, if you had three days left to live, what would you do? Ooh. I would, um, I would spend those three days, you know, I would, I would, I would spend those three days connecting with, with every person um, that I have uh, personally been connected with. So I would go through the Rolodex. If I knew that I only had three days, I would go through uh, my phone and I would divide my time up. However many contacts I had, I would divide my time up and I'd spend those three days encouraging each individual person, um, acknowledging them, letting them know that I love them, letting them know that I'm pulling for them and just encourage them. Um, that is the highest uh, use of, of my time. And I feel like if I've had a personal connection with somebody, um, that is my service to, to them. And I don't believe in um, serendipity or just chance. I think intention is in everything. So if I have connected with someone, um, I want to serve them. And that's what I would do. Beautiful. Dude, thank you so much for all your shares. You've bring, brought, um, you know, tremendous wisdom and insight. Is there any last things that you want to just share with anybody or, or anything, any last words you want to share? Yeah, I, I, um, I, I usually end with this, but, you know, I would just encourage people, every listener that's on here, um, if you have a dream, you have a vision, you have a purpose, that's an intention for your life. I will always say, keep big, keep that biggest vision. Don't, don't lower the vision, keep the vision the biggest. It might be the toughest route. Uh, but dream big and don't give up too early. Beautiful, brother. Thank you so much for coming on, man. I look forward to staying connected and many blessings to you, bro. Absolutely. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Resilient Minds podcast. If you seriously love the episode, please be sure to share it with your friends and click that subscribe button. Do it now. As I continue to grow, I'll be bringing on some leading entrepreneurs into the show. So follow me on Instagram or Facebook and drop a comment or send me a DM. Tell me who you'd love for me to interview and who you'd like to hear more from. Once again, Eric Bounds signing off. And remember this, your X factor always determines your Y factor.